Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, Ken Holland. Hello, Ken. How are you doing? Good, Bob. Yourself? Good. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, I didn't know if it was going to be possible. Uh, I'm sure. How long have you been working on... Uh, you know, it, let's face it, it's about the salary cap, and it's not a perfect situation, but sometimes you have to move guys along. How long did you work on the uh, the Yamamoto and Costin deals uh, to, that ultimately was consummated today with uh, Steve Eisenman in Detroit? Uh, well, I mean, for the last couple of weeks, basically, Bob, but not necessarily just with Detroit, but I've been communicating with teams, letting them know that uh, we had... Um, you know, salary cap challenges. You know, I, I, I was kind of hoping as we went along here that, you know, you'd, there was rumblings or rumors that maybe uh, the cap would be increased. Um, and ultimately, when it became uh, official that the cap was 83.5, um, I had to move some people out. I, in the cost situation, I'm really negotiating against the KHL. Um, we felt his arbitration number was was at a certain number and uh he's uh had some offers overseas um obviously caught us three million dollars and uh had to move out uh, some money so basically uh talked to steve here over the eiserman over the last uh couple of days and and uh really you know come up with the deal that we come up with today was there a lot of uh, ken it's uh, cam here uh a lot of uh, interest out there for a guy like clem costin there was uh, there was some there was a number of teams, but uh, you know some had a little more interest and some had a little bit less interest. Let me ask you this: There's some other guys that are midterm price. I mean, uh, Cody Cece's a guy you signed him to a four-year deal. To me, there appears to be a dearth. Uh, there's not a lot of right-shot D out there right now. Uh, and Cody was really good a year ago. Had a bit of a tougher goal this year. Uh, and then a guy like Fogel. Those sort of midterm guys are because uh, you got a real good high-end. Can you know where I'm going with this? I mean, uh, when you would it be fair to say that there might have been some teams? that would be interested in those players, but when there's interest in those players, that's also sending a message back to you guys as well. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, Bob, it's a, it's a very unique marketplace right now because of the, uh, you know, the cap has moved $2 million in five years. Um, so we're making decisions that we normally would not um be making you know the cap maybe should have been 95 million dollars now if there was no pandemic but it's there's been a pandemic so you're you're making decisions on the fly um there's been no history there's no blueprint it's just uh it's a different time and we're trying to make decisions we can to um you know put the best team that we can on the ice 
Um, you know, when I signed Tyler Yamamoto a year ago, he we went to arbitration. We did a two-year deal. Obviously, I did a one-year deal on on Puliarvi, and the one-year deal probably allowed us to move him at the uh, at the deadline. And uh, in Tyler's case, like I said, I, he's he's been a he plays in our top six. He's a good he's a good player. It's just that. Uh, I had decisions to make. Yeah. Uh, Ken, uh, is it time perhaps uh, for some of the solutions to be organic and homegrown? Uh, I, I, apparently you mentioned today at the media availability you are not trading Phillips Broberg this summer. I would say let's just play Broberg. Let's see what he can do. And I feel the same way about Holloway, though his name hasn't been mentioned out there. Can you improve organically with some guys that were former first-round picks taking that next step here? the biggest piece um you know and i think obviously if you watched here you know the growth of uh, Stu skinner and the, the growth of uh you know yamamoto the growth of mcleod the growth of bouchard um that has to be a big piece of the solution so certainly the brobergs and holloways and um going to training camp see what uh see where the borgos and the lavois are at um is a piece of the, you know, being competitive year in and year out. I know you're. It's very busy with the free agency here and kicking off on Saturday. But a couple of deals still to be done as as far as restricted free agents go with uh, Evan Bouchard and Ryan McLeod. Uh, really, I would guess at the top of the list. Um, how how far down the road are you on those? For me, a deal is never done until we have an announcement. Um, okay. I've had lots of talks with the Bouchard camp. Um, had quite a few talks with them with the McLeod's camp. Um, see where it goes. I, mean, I, I don't really care. It's hard to kind of say it's going to be this long or that long. I don't know how long it's going to be. Got to find a, a solution that works for the player and works for the for the club. Uh, Ken, let me ask you this. So, look, I got yet like three million bucks for about three players. That's if you, you know, get to within half a million bucks of the of the of the cap. And I could be off by a couple hundred thousand dollars there. But that's for the NHL team. You've also got to make some moves here to improve the depth in the American League team as well. Um, in my world, I see a first line left wing, a first line center, and two top four defensemen. Are those something that the organization, uh, your son Brad Holland's director of pro, Keith Gretzky runs a fart? I mean, that's in a perfect uh, dream scenario that you would add a couple top six forwards and a couple top four D. Is that a, is that feasible? Can you make that happen? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I, we we do need to add some depth um, to to Bakersfield. Um, you know, and DeHarnay is another guy that obviously came up last year. So, you know, uh, yes, we were going into free agency on Saturday, July 1, and uh, we do need to sign three or four uh, players that, that are good depth players that can kind of, you know, can come up and, in terms of injuries and, uh, you know, give us give us some games. So uh, certainly that's high on our priority list. Do you, into Saturday. Can do you envision signing another NHL? Like uh, you're, we're talking about guys on eight, you know, NHL, AHL deals or guys for the farm. Do you do you see a scenario where you'd sign another sort of strictly NHL defenseman on a one way, or is the focus more at forward? Um, you know, obviously we've got seven defensemen. You know, the reality is when you tell somebody they're gonna. 
sign and they're going to the American League or there's a chance they're going to the American League, they, they usually sign elsewhere. So, um, you know, are we gonna, do I think we're going to sign another defenseman or two? Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to sign another defenseman or two. Um, we'll see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> All right. Look, uh, uh, we can hear the yeah. sirens in the background. You're trying to make a flight. Thank you very much for the time you've given us this week, Ken. Thanks, thanks guys. You yeah. bet. That is Edmonton Oilers general manager, Ken Holland. I, I, if I'm reading between the lines here, Cam, you yes. look at what the Oilers had. They had seven defensemen. They played Eckholm and Bouchard. I think Bouchard's getting a bridge. Nurse and CeCe, Kulak and DeHarnay and Broberg. I have a feeling you're going to see Broberg get the opportunity if we read between the lines. Ken Holland stated, we're not trading Broberg. I think the time is, there's a saying, you know, you know what, or get off the pot here. I think the Oilers need to see organically what Broberg and Holloway can do. And for me, that means Holloway in the top nine and Broberg in the top six. And you know what? If it's between playing Broberg or Dayerne, because you got Ekholm, Bouchard, Nurse, Cece, and Kulak, away you go. To me, that's how I see the D. I see an addition with a couple HL guys that are call-ups in that sort of organizational 8-9 zone with Nima Linen in the mix there as well. I see a couple D-men getting signed. And then uh, the orders to me, have three open spots. Again, they've got Kane, McDavid, Hyman, R&H, Dreisaitl, an open spot at right wing. I could see Holloway, McLeod, and Fogle, again, reading between the lines, what Ken had to say. That means a fourth-line left wing, a fourth-line center. you got Derek Ryan as a fourth-line right wing, and Raphael Lavoie coming up from the minors as well, who needs to clear waivers. All of that makes sense to does me. Does that make yes, sense? Yes, yeah. that does make sense. And we will see what happens on Saturday as far as uh, there will be some, you would think, some additions. There, there may exactly. only be one on yep. Saturday. It, like, there may only be one yep. at the NHL level. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by World Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it open 24-7-365. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. I have a feeling Ken was literally walking to the airport as he was doing that interview. It sounded like he was walking and moving. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan Escott's a big part of the show. Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Uh, Cam Moon is not on Twitter for personal reasons. I uh, will <laughs> tell you that guests at Oilers now receive guest certificates to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Tepon Yaki Steak Restaurant. Book your celebration for the census today at jvedmonton.ca. We'll have more coverage from Nashville. We're in re-return. Hart Levine from Puckpedia. He knows the salary cap about as well as anybody. He's in Nashville. He'll join us when we return. We're going to go back off onto the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon in studio. Cam and myself, Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, John Shannon, all part of our free agent frenzy, which will take place Saturday from 10 until noon on 6.30. Chet, it is presented by Contract Equipment Limited. All right, we head off back to Nashville and we bring in Hart Levine from Puckpedia. Hello, Hart, how are you doing? I'm doing great, how are you doing? Good, uh, we just had Ken Holland on. He talked about the fact that in five years the cap's gone up two million and we're seeing hard decisions being made with decent players, including Kyler Yamamoto. Does this reinforce uh, the weaponization of cap space in your opinion? Yeah, we've seen a lot of good players traded for basically nothing, just into cap space. Um, and that, that's the world that uh, the NHL is living in right now, yeah? Cap space is a weapon. Look, Carolina for the last couple of years 
they let their big free agents walk, and then they get other good players for free. And that's, that's what happens when, when cap space is so valuable. Which trade has I, – I, I got to tell you, I was a little surprised about the Penguins uh, taking Riley Smith in uh, the, the and maybe I've underestimated how good a player I mean I'm looking at Pittsburgh and they I mean they had Zucker was a free agent maybe they're not bringing him back I don't know but Jason Zucker was a pretty good goal scorer for the Penguins and uh, you know they signed Granlund and some people think I mean some people suggest Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins are power play merchants have you ever watched Michael Granlund play like he's he's a guy who's driven some numbers from the PP has there been a trade over the last uh, 24 hours that's maybe surprised you a bit, or even a course of action, including the Hawks uh, very quickly announcing that they're going to buy out Josh Bailey after acquiring him with a second-round pick from the New York Islanders. Um, well, I thought the um, Tyler Toffoli, I thought the return for him was a little light. I mean, 30-goal scorers, really reasonable cap hit for one more year. Um, and, they, and we just saw cap fit so valuable. So I thought the return for Tupola was kind of light. And then I thought LA gave up quite a bit for Dubois. Those, those trades really uh, struck me. Um, yeah, I, am, I think with uh, with Bailey going to Chicago, I mean, so that, that cost Chicago $2.33 million of real cash. So they basically bought um, the second round, a future second round pick for 2.33. We can look back at that Cassian trade. Um, they traded him and they and a future second and a third, and that was uh, about six million over two years, right? Or six million, um, and they got it. Yeah, future second and third. So you know, it's like a third of the money, and um, the cost, the difference in the cost was a was a third. So that seems kind of like right if the team has money. Um, you know, it's worth buying a pick. The other thing for Chicago is they have to get to the floor. I mean, even with that buyout, they're under the floor. they got to spend another million to get there, which, you know, they'll be able to do. But it just shows they have, not only do they have cap space, they, they do have to pay some players to get to the floor. I think that's what, what you saw in the, these contracts, the Foligno and Athens-Hew, um, and now the Josh Bailey buyout. Hart, what do you expect uh, on Saturday? How busy a day do you think it's going to be? Well, I think it's interesting with the tight turnaround between the draft and free agency. I mean, usually when there's a week, um, I mean, all the deals are kind of all worked out and done, and then they just, you know, kind of getting announced on July 1st, even though we know that, you know, officially there's no no tampering allowed. But, you know, um, but I think this time with the tight turnaround, I know obviously there are, there's some of that um, talk that's been going with free agents, but the teams are really focused on the draft and their list, and they've been focused on trade stuff. And I think it's pretty quick for them to now get their head around what are they doing with their free agents or other free agents, start gauging the market. And I don't think we'll see as much, like, kind of right when the bell sounds on July 1st. I think it'll take a little bit of time. Mm. And you add in the tight cap space. I could see this, you know, dragging out a few days. I mean, the, the holidays, yes. uh, you know, in Canada and the U.S. might. So maybe it's like a couple of days, and then maybe nothing happens until the middle of the following week. Um, I think it's just a combination of the tight turnaround. And so not having all the free agent deals sort of figured out. And, um, yeah, and that, that tight cap, I, I think it might be a, a little bit more of a slow burn. From Puckpedia, Hart Levine, Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon with you on Oilers now. Hart, tell me this, uh, 83.5 hard firm cap for this year. Where is it going to be next year? Well, now that the uh, escrow will have been paid off at some point during the course of the season, the owners will actually own the players some money back here by the end of the season. So where do you envision... Uh, you know, June twenty uh, eighth of twenty twenty four. What are we looking at? Eighty eight million bucks uh, would be the cap. 
Yeah, so I've heard based on what revenues are projecting that the, the, the calculated cap number should be about 88. Now, the one little complication, though, is that in that in the current CBA they're under, which is what you know, Gary Bettman followed to the letter and why it only went up $1 million this year, it also says the cap can only go up by 5% per year, which would put it into like the 80, just over $87 million. But if that were the case, and it should, and the, but the players would be entitled to, to more than that because they get 50%, the owners have to write a check to the players at the end of the year to make up the difference. I don't think the owners want to do that. So, in, you know, whereas this this time, Gary Bevan was firm and didn't want to kind of artificially increase the cap more than what the agreement called for. I think next year, if the sort of revenue calculation would put the cap into the 88 range, I think there's a much better chance that he would negotiate something or mutually agree to go more than the 5% increase and get it up from 87 into the 88 range. But I think that's what we're looking, 87, 88. I think then we're looking, you know, 90, 91. And we've got the Canadian TV rights deal coming up, I think that's in three years. So we'll be at a $100 million cap in, in no time. And that's why teams like the Oilers, if you look at the Oilers compared to other teams, they have more guys locked up long-term. Like Toronto has nobody after a couple of years. Now Calgary doesn't really have anybody after a couple of years. They're going to be signing players now in a $88, $90 million cap environment where the Oilers are going to have players signed that were signed in an $82.5 million cap. Ah. I think it, <laughs> well, they don't have the flexibility that these other teams will have. I do think that will make... It'll, it'll give them a bit of an advantage having some contracts that will probably look like bargains in two years. Yeah, well, it's funny how the Leon Dreisaitl uh, deal looks uh, differently now than maybe before. The one thing I would say just about the Canadian TV deal, Bell's going to play a factor in this. And, you know, Bell's gotten out of all sports radio over the course of the last two years. Um, and we're hearing that Bell wants to get out of producing local news, which is kind of the mandate for the CRTC uh, granting <laughs> approval of purchases. Well, you know, you, you do have to cover the local news if you're going to... I'm going to be intrigued to see, you know, is it possible Rogers might be bidding against himself or maybe Bell's just saving their money up to get back into the national uh, rights game, Hart, uh, because that's going to play a huge factor in Canada. It will, but, I mean, it's, hockey's obviously the hottest property in Canada and this deal is a 13-year deal, so... Even if, you know, maybe it's not going to go up by as much as people would hope. It's, it's, they're going to get more for the rights than they had in the bond deal 13 years later, right? And there'll they'll be a market for it because it's the hottest, hottest property. So, yeah, that, if there's if, how much competition there is, that could determine how, how big of a boost they get. But I, I don't think there's any argument. I think they'll definitely be getting some boost from the new Canadian rights deal. Clearly, the... NHL is continuing to bring in good money, and is it hard? Is it still on the upswing? Like I know that the the once that TV deal comes up, that's probably going to bring it up even a little bit more. But are they continued? Are they continuing to you know proje- project in an upward manner? Yeah, they continue to project that. I guess the, the question always is. It, like you know, in this day and age, yeah, revenues go up. I mean, there's inflation. There's you know, things happen. But is it going up enough? And I think that's where, from the player side and the PA side, that's where their gripe is: is that the, does the NHL do enough to to be aggressive to grow it? Like, how are at one point, uh, you know, you, you there's that famous um, 
cover from Sports Illustrated in the 90s that the NHL was pot and the NBA was not, right? And now look where the two leagues are. Um, so I think that, you know, a new leadership in the NHLPA, I think there's, there should be and probably will be a big push. Like, how do we not just be content with growth of a few percent? How do we get some rapid growth? I mean, look at what some of those Netflix shows have done for sports like Formula One and golf and tennis, right? Like, how do you do something like that for the NHL? How do you break through and instead of just being being confident that it's the, the biggest, best hockey league in the world, how do you try to make this you know one of the biggest, most successful uh, sporting or entertainment um, attractions in the world? And I think that that's what we'll see um, a fight over, a debate over over the next year. How does that happen? Uh, Hart, one final one for you. And I know you're at the event. Uh, you're sitting up there in media row. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out what Arizona was doing in the first round of the draft. And I've got a couple of friends that work for that club, but I was perplexed, to say the least. What was more surprising, that Carlson went second or the two picks that the Coyotes made in the top 12? Well, I had seen some, uh, just following some, some reporters and stuff, I had seen some talk, more talk about Carlson the second earlier um, that day. So that wasn't a huge surprise. I think the Coyotes, I mean, Again, I don't follow the prospects that closely. I just read, and you know, I, I read that on talent. They're probably that's where they should be picked. But obviously, there's the question: Will they come over, and would they come over for Arizona? But you know, <laughs> that's a big question. They're going to come over, but they're going to come over in a few years. I, is that team going to be in Phoenix, and is that going to be the owner? Like, that's probably somebody else's problem, yeah. right? <laughs> but maybe, but maybe they're a good asset, right? It so, struck me. They, it struck me like they talent. punted yeah. it down the road, Hart, with those two picks. That's because we know they're not going to be. The, they punted it down the road for two or three years. I. I I don't get it. And take a look at take a look at every contract that Arizona has signed in the last couple of years. Every single one is backloading. They punt they punt their money down the road too, and that all makes me think like who's going to own that team and where is it going to be in a couple of years? Yeah. And because they're trying to spend as little now as possible and just keep sticking the can down the road. Well, they had nice match in suits. Cart, thanks a lot for helping us out <laughs> on short notice. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. You bet. 129 in Edmonton. That's Hart Levine. So we've had uh, from the NHL draft uh, in the course of an hour and 15 minutes, the Oilers' second-round pick, Bo Akey. Nicely done production values there from Brendan Escott with the Akey Breaky Hart and Billy Ray Cyrus. 1235, we heard from Elliot Friedman at uh, 105 today. Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland and at 115, Hart Levine, all from Nashville at the NHL draft. The uh, Edmonton Oil Kings have announced their schedule. Wojtek Port was a lone oil king that ended up being drafted. Uh, when we come back, their business manager, a great guy, Kevin Radomski, at about 1.35 today after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.